Hello, and welcome to ASCII's podcast show, Can We Talk? Conversations in Early Childhood Education. On today's episode, a conversation about singing and music, you'll hear ASCII professional learning consultants, Kim Burns and Leslie Busia discuss the importance of singing to and with young children, along with some tips and strategies on how you can successfully add singing and music to early years settings. We hope you enjoy listening. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. So we want to start off this podcast today by thinking about how music and singing are a part of our lives. I'm going to ask him this question first. How is music or singing a part of your life? Well, I have to say every morning, actually, I, I begin my day with about 20 minutes of just sitting, having my coffee and listening to classical music. It's just a way that relaxes me, gets me thinking about what my day is going to bring and go from there. I think, you know, music is pretty much a universal language. Everyone has a type of music that they enjoy. And some for some people, that might be getting in their car first thing in the morning and just blasting some really rock and roll music to get their day going. <laughs> yeah. I know for myself, when I think about, yes, I listen to it first thing in the morning also, but I think about how lost I would be doing some simple tasks without music playing. For example, I can't clean my house without having music blasting. It really sets that tempo for me. Or even just, I love singing in the shower too. I'm always singing in the shower or humming or something like that. I think music is pretty universal. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody has some kind of association with music, whether it's, you know, that they're listening to it, they're singing along to it, they're dancing to it. It could be exercising and playing music. There's something to be said about music and singing. It's a part of everyone's life. We think about young children, how they respond to music. And there's research that talks about children in utero and immediately after birth how they respond to music. We know that children, I think you said it was as young as four months or 23 days, right? Well, at 23 days, they can actually feel the vibration in utero. At four months, they can hear. Mm -hmm. And at five months, they can actually respond to the smallest phoneme, which is the tiniest part of language, the sound of a letter in utero. So it's pretty amazing. You know, often you'll hear in some of those young parenting classes, they they say, you know, play that soothing music Mm -hmm. while you're pregnant so that your baby can hear those those sounds and and uh, yeah, just get accustomed to that and start to begin to learn language. Music is a part of all of our lives. So let's take it into the child care program and to programs with young children. Why should we have music and singing in a part of a child care program? Why is that so important? What's the importance of having it for children as far as music and singing? Well, Leslie, actually music, singing in particular, is very beneficial for children's language development. When you sing a song, a child will hear a different intonation in the actual letters and words that are being said and specifically repetition so if you have a song that has a repetitive course or repetitive words or rhyming words the ear is going to pick that up a lot sooner and there's actual research to support that a child at three years old knowing songs and rhymes will be able to read much easier when 
they get to be six and they start that mm-hmm. process of yeah. learning to read. Yeah. So you would say more exposure to that vocabulary, even through the singing, will build that, will, will help them for later reading. Why else? What else? I was thinking, you know, when we think about why music should be a part of the program, it's, it is it is naturally pleasing, but it's also an opportunity for children to learn new things when we're thinking about singing songs with them, new, learn new things about their body, learn new words, maybe support new ideas. If they're singing songs that are specific to labeling body parts, it gives them the opportunity to participate mm-hmm. as a group. And again, the language, language is super important. It's enhanced because Children are hearing sounds differently when they're singing and listening to people sing. It can make routines and transitions a lot smoother. So just singing that cleanup song, for example, will help children know that that it's time for them to be cleaning up and they'll hopefully help participate in that a little smoother. It can also help establish mood, right? When you think about some of the songs that we sing, they're very upbeat and uplifting, and it, it just makes things happy and joyful. So singing can help with establishing that kind of a mood in, in the classroom. It can also be an outlet for some energy if you had to do some wiggle songs mm-hmm. and things that get children really moving. And just having music or singing, it gives children that appreciation for the the natural beauty of what music can can bring mm-hmm. into their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know that we talked about, you know, in utero and infants, the importance of music to them right away. And we know that there's a lot of brain research that's been put into around singing and music. Let's talk a little bit more about that. How does singing and music affect the brain? So, you know, when we sing, it, it makes us feel good. And when we're feeling good, our body releases endorphins into our system. And this helps boost memory. So we, we know that for children to learn to read and write, they need to have the skills to pick up on the little bits of language and to be able to sound out the words. So singing, you know, really increases our brain function and increases our alertness. Every component of of music and singing affects our brain in a different aspect, different parts of the brain. So having that opportunity to sing is really helping to develop those skills in the Mm -hmm. brain. Mm -hmm. The skill of keeping a steady beat exercises both sides of the brain, and this develops both the the different mechanisms within the brain that give children those abilities to later read and write. So when you think about Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences, we know that musical intelligence is the first to develop. And easily, you can notice that with with young children. Some of them are, you know, just more adept at, at picking up the words and singing songs. And sometimes even you see young children who are able to play an instrument. Okay, so we've talked about you know, the importance of having it and why to have it and and what research tells us about singing and music. Let's think about a little bit on how to include it in our program. I know for myself, I love when I walk into a child care center and I'm hearing children singing alone or with the educator or in small groups and large groups through transitions. How and where can we use music and singing in our child care programs? Well, I would say that most people are pretty familiar with using singing during routine times and and transitions so those tidy up times lunch times you know snack time and and 
just cueing children to move into those transitions seems to be very familiar to most. There's other ways, though, that we can use music in the program. Often, if we want children to do something and we ask them to do something, they may not always follow our direction. They may not hear us or they may just choose not to hear us. But sometimes I find like if you sing what you want them to do, it gathers their attention a lot quicker. And typically they will follow your direction, especially if there's anything movement related to that as well. Also, again, for behavior management, that kind of thing, singing to a child sometimes may just calm them down, soothe them. Also, you know, it's great for the physical and emotional health of children. So just making us feel good when we're being physical. So using it intentionally, thinking about, you know, what kinds of games children enjoy when they're they're singing. A lot of times we use singing during circle time, but we really want to encourage people to use singing at different times throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. And just not those circle times. Like you said, the transitions, the routines in in small groups, outdoors as well. So going outside and singing and listening to how the voice changes outside and maybe singing those really loud songs outside and experimenting with sound and your voice outside. We talked about the different parts of the day too. What about playing music as background? Is it, what are your thoughts on that? Or what does research say about that? As far as background music, maybe having it on while they're having some free play time. Well, actually there is research to support that background music can impede children's oral language development. Because when you think about a child who may have had several ear infections or may even be you know, in the process of an ear infection. And not only that, there are times when children don't have their hearing fully developed. Having that background music on can really deter their hearing and, and they aren't able to, to hear clearly. So they, they won't be getting that clear language model and which then they're not able to reproduce those sounds clearly themselves. So when we think about having background music on, we really want it to be intentional. We want to use it when children are actually using it to dance or to play a freeze dance kind of game. Or, you know, if a child asks specifically for some kind of music, I'm thinking of when Frozen was very popular. Mm -hmm. A lot of child care centers, I, I would go in and I would hear them playing that kind of music. But, you know, it was intentionally done because children were in the dramatic play, they were dressed up as princesses, and they were singing the song as well. So there's lots of different times of the day where you would use music, but let's let's keep it to an intentional time when children are actually using it, rather than just having a radio as a background noise. And remember, if we are playing it at nap time, to think about the types of music we are playing during nap time, if it's it's a softer classical music. Let's 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 move on to things to then consider when we're selecting songs for for children to sing and for us to sing with children. We know there are so many different children's songs. You think about the children's songs you had sung when you were a child or had sung to you. What are some things we want to consider, Kim, when we're picking some songs? Well, you want to think about first of all, the age group of, of your group, because if, if you've got a super long song and you're singing that to infants and toddlers, it's going to be a lot harder for them to, to remember it and pick it up. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the length of, of the song or rhyme, generally you can increase the length of it with the age of the child. 
again, we want to have songs that have a lot of repetition in the lyrics or the tune. They should be simple and easy to understand, especially for younger children. Something that maybe encourages their imagination or some problem solving. Again, just, you know, those rhyming and nonsense songs like Willoughby Wallaby, those are, are funny kind of songs that may encourage some children who aren't as vocal to get involved with your singing and just, yeah, maybe humming the songs, the tunes first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you're introducing them to the children and then later adding the words to get them familiar with it. I know I think too, but just changing our voice too, singing high, singing low, singing loud, singing quiet too, and just maybe slightly changing the melody or the tempo for the children. We can make up our songs too. When you think about the song, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, that's the same tune as ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what else is Baba Black Sheep also has that same tune. So using that familiar tune to sing that with them, the mm-hmm, and you can make up your own songs to go along with that. Frère Jaca is another common song that we could play around with the lyrics to as well. For sure. Especially when you're, you know, wanting children to do something specific and they already are familiar with that tune, then just sort of singing those words, kind of helping them direct to where you want them to go or do what you want them to do. So Kim, what's your favorite type of music? Oh, I like, <laughs> there's several types of music I like, to be honest, uh, you know, and I think that we have to keep that in mind too, that everyone has a certain genre of music that they enjoy. And that would be the same for your children in your group. Mm-hmm. Some will respond to your music that you're playing or singing that you're singing, and then others may not. So just, you know, keeping that in mind when we are using music, that it may be harder for some children to self-regulate depending on the type of music that's being played. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so it's important to incorporate all those different types of genre and music when, when we're singing too. And also when you think about songs, maybe songs from a different culture or songs that maybe the educators are maybe more familiar with. Sometimes educators have those inhibitions to start singing because they don't know some of the popular children's songs because they may have come from a different country, speak a different language. So I would encourage them to also sing songs from from their culture, from the language that they're familiar with. Absolutely. If they have their own home language, they should definitely use those songs and, and sing those to the children. I think that, you know, any exposure to songs, whether it's from one culture or another, is just great modeling for language. And and for educators that may feel a little bit self-conscious, you can also think about using the the books that are out there that are actual songs and start by just reading the story as a story and then adding the tune and eventually singing the book to the children. There's lots of great, great books out there that are songs. So Kim, there are some educators that still are a little bit nervous about singing with young children and and don't know how to introduce songs to children or uncomfortable with it. What if they're using the iPad and finding some songs on a streaming service or putting on a CD? What do what do you think of that? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Leslie, I would say, you know, exposure is better than no exposure. So for me, I would think, you know, I'd rather 
see that again thinking about intention what is the intention about using the music and if it's something that children have seen on tv before or they're familiar with i think as long as educators are thoughtful in when they're using that that music when if the educators are singing along with it just to get comfortable mm -hmm. you know i i don't think there's anything really wrong with it but if it's the only thing that you're relying on, mm -hmm. I would really encourage you to think about how can you get yourself to a place where you're able to just sing the songs with the children and not have to put the background music on. Mm -hmm. And it might be just that starting step that they're using just to get familiar and hopefully we'll learn those songs and, and sing them. And what's wonderful is when you're playing it without the iPad or the streaming service or whatever it might be is you can have fun with it, change the tempo, change the words, change the lyrics to make it appropriate and custom to those children and what they're interested in at that time. Now, a few more questions as we're, you know, getting to the end of this podcast. I think about musical instruments, simple musical instruments, instruments that maybe children have made. What do you think about having instruments and how can we use in instruments with children? I think instruments are great. It gives children another outlet to explore music. So I think having them in the classroom, you know, I know a lot of educators kind of hesitate when you think about all the noise that instruments mm -hmm. can bring. Mm -hmm. But I think that's an opportunity to take it outside and, you know, let them use them out on the playground if if they're if they're very, very noisy, mm -hmm. uh, but also gives an opportunity for children who may never have exposure to an instrument to have that opportunity. It might spark an interest if, you know, I know some educators know how to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. If they were to bring a guitar into the classroom and just let children kind of explore that and then sing some songs mm -hmm. with it, mm -hmm. it may you know, bring in a new interest for a child down the road. Also, I think about, you know, school-agers, right? Mm -hmm. School-agers love music in general. They love to dance. They love singing. They love instruments. And I can see that it would be a great opportunity for them to have a little talent show, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of thing where they could perform because they love to perform for adults. So mm -hmm. I'm sure they would love to do a little talent show for some of the younger groups as well. And how much planning and other skills would be involved in putting something on like a talent show and a performance and the rehearsals and having a an announcer and a director and, a you know, the different singers, auditions. That would be so wonderful. What a wonderful experience for them. So as we're drawing to the end here, I want to think about the different types of songs that we could sing with children. You talked about different types of songs to sing during the day, during transitions and the routines. But I also think of all the different categories of songs that there are. For example, maybe a greeting song that we might use to welcome children to the start of the day, attract children maybe to the group, maybe facilitate some transition, help children to identify themselves with names. Let's play a little game here of... Coming up with some songs, greeting songs. What's an example of a greeting song that you have? I, I can think of a few. Well, the one song that we used to sing was Hello, Everybody, and How yeah. Are You, right? And the, then you'd sing each individual child's name as you kind of went around and mm -hmm. made them feel, you know, important. Yeah. The Good Morning Train. Good morning That's train. another one. Yeah. Um, okay. Another type of song, too, when you think of the categories of songs, would be body awareness songs. Those are those songs that would help children start learning about their body, naming body parts, be creative with those movements with their body parts, coordinate those body parts, just to learn, learn about their physical selves. And usually that might have some, you know, direct or indirect creative movement. What are some examples that you could think of 
of body awareness songs. Well, I think everybody is really familiar with Head and Shoulders, yeah. right? Yeah. We yep. all all tend to sing that one, and we can sing that in multiple languages, yep. Absolutely. which is great. Even the finger family, yep. that kind yeah. of put your hands on your head, on your head. That's right. That's right. Put your hands on your nose, on your nose, that kind of thing. That's right. And those songs are also remind me of those types of directed movement songs. So those are those songs that help children develop listening school skills, body awareness, memory, leadership, but they can be done where you're telling them how to move. So if it's, yeah, put your fingers on your, on your nose, or if it's the head and shoulders, what was the one we were singing earlier? The the finger family one, finger families up and finger families down, right? Finger families dancing all around the town. There's open, shut them yeah, too. Open and one. shut them. That's right. That's right. One of my favorite types of songs to sing with school agers, and you could do it with the younger children too, were those types of call and response songs too. So they develop language and listening skills as a child tries to imitate or echo a song. Maybe there's some rhyming or experimentation, some imagination. Could you think of some call and response songs? I don't know because I'm thinking about when I was when I was young and we used to play Red Rover. Oh, hey, right? Red okay. Rover. yeah, that's a, definitely definitely. I know what one I used to have fun with 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 the school agers, my kindergartens was Boom Chicka Boom. So you you would ask them say you'd say Boom and they'd repeat Boom and you say Boom Chicka Boom. Boom chicka boom. <laughs> boom chicka rocka chicka rocka chicka boom. Oh, that's a good one. And then you could change your voice. And you could say boom really quietly or boom really loud. And they could do that. We mentioned down by the bay. Yeah, down too. by the bay. Yeah, yeah, that was another one. There's another one. And there's so many other categories of songs that we can think about when you're thinking of songs, dismissal songs, songs about colors and numbers, mm-hmm. self-image songs as well. Happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it, absolutely help them figure out how they're feeling. You know, maybe a child is, you could ask them, how are you feeling today? They might say something like, I'm angry. So what do you do when you're angry? Stop my feet. And they can sing, if you're angry and you know it, stomp your feet. We didn't plan for this, but I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite song to sing with children? (laughs) That's a hard one. one. I mean, there are so many songs, but I have to say, I remember when I was in a toddler room and we used to do the I had a little pony song. You put the child on your your lap and you just bounce your legs up and down and you'd sing, I have a little pony, I beat him oats and hay, I open up the stable door and let him out to play. Oh, he gallops here, he gallops there, he gallops everywhere. He never stops until I say, Whoa, my pony, whoa. I could have done that song for hours with my toddler group. They all loved it. As soon as you started with one, You'd have a crowd. They love to come by. So, you know, just keep in mind, there's so many great songs out there to sing. And singing is just such, it just brings such joy to the classroom. So remember that children will not judge your voice. They just want to hear us mm-hmm. sing. Absolutely. We're not, we're not auditioning for the voice or American Idol. So just sing. Just sing. Just sing. That's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast today. And we really hope that you sing with those infants, toddlers, preschoolers, school-agers, and maybe, you know, on your staff room at your breaks as well. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. 